friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. I wasn't going to start with this story, but I was encouraged by a new friend. And uh, I, my son-in-law's grandmother is uh, was raised in the Pentecostal church and when she was a young woman she, they would stand up and they would wave hankies whenever they agreed with the point right and so grandma Cooper was really relating to the pastor that day and so she reached down in her purse to grab her hanky and she started swinging her hanky she realized after the message was over that she had grabbed her clean pair of underwear that she kept in her purse just in case. And so I just want to tell you, if you want to swing something today, let's not make it your underwear, okay? Let's not make it your underwear. It's a pleasure to be with you. I have to tell you, I had a whole different message planned, and then God interrupted, and he flipped the script on me. And so we're going to go with what he said to say. Would you agree? We're going to be in um, Psalms, the 23rd Psalms, and I know most of you probably know it by heart, but please turn there if you have your Bibles with you this morning or this evening. Uh, I was watching, uh, I had attended a service that of a pastor that I dearly loved, and he was talking about this passage of scripture. And God basically said to me six words. In fact, I had to go back and look in my journal to see what it was to make sure I had it right. And the words were this, who is sitting at your table? Who is sitting at your table? And so I want to read through the 23rd Psalms with you. And then I just want to encourage you and give you a word from the Lord The 23rd Psalms, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to tell you something. That's an invitation to you. That's an invitation to you, and the only decision you have to make is whether you're going to attend or not. It's it's an RSVP, but I want to tell you how I understood this passage of Scripture when I was a child in comparison to today. See, when I was a kid, my grandmother had a picture of Jesus. He was holding a lamb in one arm, and he had a staff in his other arm, and it was one of those Olin Mills pictures. How many of you have been around long enough to know who Olin Mills is? Okay, there's very few of us, but that's okay. We're going to go with it. 
You know, they would bring them into church. That's what they did. And they would sit you down and they would say, okay, you stand here, look this way, put your chin up. Can you drop your shoulder? You know, they did all that. My grandmother had a picture of Jesus, I'm sure, that was taken by Olin Mills. I mean, he was perfectly groomed. He was staring off into the distance. And that bottom of that picture had Psalms 23 on a little gold plate. Another one thing that I remember about my grandmother's house, she loved this passage of scripture, is that she had it cross-stitched. And it hung on a wall hanging in her bathroom, of all places. And I got to thinking about it, and I started thinking about you all and what I want to tell you tonight, and this idea of who is sitting at your table. And this is what I want you to know. All of those things are fine and good. There is nothing wrong with my grandmother's decor. She's gone with Jesus now, so I'm sure it's a whole lot better now than it was then. But, but there was nothing wrong with it. But here's the problem or the, the issue that I had with it. Those types of things are good and well until life kicks your fanny. And then I don't need a portrait of Jesus Olin Mills style. I need somebody who's gritty. I need somebody who's tough. I need somebody who's going to come in and he's going to speak to my heart and my situation where I'm at. And so I need a different kind of Psalms 23 Jesus than what I was raised on. I need someone who's going to come in and is going to tell me, you need to do this, or you need to do that, or you need to go here, or you need to stay here. That's the kind of Jesus that I need. And what I realized in looking at Psalms 23 is, you realize David wrote this passage of scripture. He wrote it when he was a shepherd, not when he was a shepherd, but he was a shepherd boy. And so he's not writing about something that he has no clue over. He's writing about something that he is intimately involved in or was involved in. And so when he starts out and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, what he is saying to me and to himself and to all of you is, if the Lord is your shepherd, guess who you are? Your sheep. Now, sheep are cute, but they're not very smart. They're not and they don't see well, and they don't balance well, there's a lot of issues that sheep have. And so while it may be that you get that picture of that cute little sheep in your mind, David is not paying himself a compliment. What he is saying is, I am a sheep and I need a shepherd. I need help. I need that kind of and what he tells us in that passage of scripture is that we believe in a shepherd that doesn't just shrink back when he hears the roar of something that sounds like a lion coming for its prey. He doesn't shrink back, he steps up. Our shepherd is one that carries a rod and a staff. And we realize that while the staff was made for the sheep, in other words, they, they pushed them this way, they pushed them that way. They had a hook on it, so if they fell in the ravine, they could hook them around and help them up. So if they got into the water, how many of you know sheep have wool? Lots of it. Well, if a sheep is thirsty, you know what he does? It goes right up, puts his front feet, and I've had sheep, puts his front feet in the water, sticks his head in the water, and you know what starts collecting all that water? 
that wool. Before long, a sheep can tip himself over if it's not careful. And the shepherd reaches out with that hook and hooks him and makes sure he gets back to shore. And so that's the kind of shepherd David is talking about. He is, he is talking about one who doesn't give up and he doesn't give in. He's not going to change truth just for you. Truth is truth. And he wants you to get with the truth, not the other way around. And so when David is talking about the shepherd, he's talking about somebody he knows intimately. Sorry, I didn't bring my water up here. It goes on and it tells us, that, oh, one other thing, the rod, the rod was not for the sheep. I want you to think of the rod as a baseball bat, okay? And a shepherd knows how to use it, which means when the prey comes, he's ready. He's ready to take them on. And then it goes on and it tells us, that he sets a table for us. Your shepherd has set a table for you. And I want you just to pretend just for a minute, would you, that you're my enemy. I know you're not. I know you're my brother and my sister, but just for a minute. See, every one of you represents a lie that we've been told. Every one of you is an enemy in some way. Every one of you is the diagnosis that I didn't want to get. It's the divorce I never knew I would have. It's the discouraging word that a dear friend gives me. Every one of you is the enemy that David is talking about. And what your shepherd does is he sets a table, not in a perfect environment, not in a place that's tranquil all the time. What he does is he sets the table in the midst of your enemy. Now, most of us say, yes, we want that kind of shepherd. But did you notice right after this passage of scripture started what it said? It says, he makes me. Woo! Nobody's going to make me. I mean, I am my boss. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You want to know why God makes us do things at times? Because we don't have enough sense to do it ourselves. We don't have enough sense to, to lie down and to take a rest. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I wish I could say that's different. But I actually have given leaders of my church permission to say, Pastor, you got to stop. Because I realize that my shepherd has told me to rest. And if I can't hear his voice in my gut and I'm not obedient, then I need to put those people around me that are godly who can say, I am the living, I am the voice that you need to hear. God has said, you need to stop. You need to rest. And then it says he'll take us by the calm waters, not where we'll stick our head in and end up drowning ourselves. And so he's, he set a table before us in the midst of our enemies. He set a table for you in the midst of your enemies. And what he says is, will you come and will you join me? 
Will you come and will you sit with me? Are you thirsty? Here you go. I got you some water. You need a drink, right? Here you go. You hungry? You, you need more of me like you say you do? Here, I set a table for you. Will, will you sit with me for just a few minutes so that I can fill you back up, so I can feed you what you need to eat? Will you do that? And we say, oh, sure. And then we come in like this, and we say, oh, this is wonderful. You've done an amazing job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, creator of the world. Thank you so much, ancient of days. Th thank you so much. And he says to that, us, what do you have in your hand? See, he didn't ask me to bring anything to the table. He provided it all. And so when he asked me what I have in my hand, I have to reply. Oh, this? It's a takeout box. You know, just in case we don't have time. In fact, we don't have time. So do you mind if I just take what, what you have for me and put it in this There's a will, there's a way. Can I, can I, do you mind, do you mind if I just take like a little bit of this and take it with me and, and I'll catch, I'll catch up with you later. I promise I will. I, I will, I will. But if I, oh, I like ranch. So is, that's okay with you, right? That's okay? Yeah, okay. And we put it in our takeout box. Let me tell you what most of our takeout boxes are. It's your car. Is there anything wrong with praying in the car? Absolutely not. But if it's the only place you meet with God, it is your takeout box. Because you don't have enough time to sit and spend with him. And then what happens is we say, you, you don't mind. Really, you don't mind? I, I'll take this and we'll meet up later. Okay, so we're good. Okay, one more thing. Do you mind if I just take a picture real quick, like, so that I can post it, you know, for people who want to see, like, what I'm doing in life. You're okay with that, right? Okay, wait a minute. Oh, no. No, that's not. Oh, no. Oh, no. I want people to know what I was doing. Okay, are you ready? Oh, you don't want it? Okay, no problem. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just post what. Oh, hey, I need a filter on this. I'll put the heavenly filter on this. Yeah, that way they'll know it's from you, right? Okay, good. Ready? Okay. Oh, man, that's amazing. Thank you so much. You know what? I'll tag you. Hashtag almighty. Okay? Sounds good? We have spent more time taking a picture, posting it online, making sure everything is all right than we do sitting down with the almighty God, with the ancient of days. And we wonder why we don't have more of him? We wonder why. And God says, will you just take some time? Will you just come and will you commit yourself to sit with me? To take what I've prepared for you to drink because I see that you're thirsty. Will you do that? And we have a tendency to say, yeah. Right after I get taken care of everything that I need to take care of, I'll be back for you. And you're my leftovers. 
Here's the problem with all of that. The minute you take your eyes off of what God has prepared for you, there is another one that comes. His name is Satan. And you're going to say, oh, no, Satan could never come to God's table. He could never be in the presence of God. I want you to look at Job. Read the whole book of Job. He went to God. He said, there's none that praise you. Only the ones that you protect, basically. And God said, take everything away from him then, but you're not allowed to kill him. See, Satan doesn't come in aggression when he comes to the table of the Almighty. He comes calmly. He came to Eve in the garden. And he sits down and he looks at you, if you're not sitting or maybe you're walking out the door, and he says, hey, how you doing? You doing okay? I mean, who doesn't want to know that somebody's concerned about them, right? You doing okay? Oh, your husband. I knew it. Oh, yeah. He's been telling you for a long time what your place is. You know his dad put him up to that. Yep, he sure did. His dad told him when you guys were younger, remember the conversation? His dad said, you better put her in her place. Yeah, he's, he's no good. I, th I would leave him if I were you, but you know what? You're with him, props to you. Right on. Hey, how's your job? Your job doing okay? How's that girl you don't like? Oh, I knew she was trouble. She was trouble from the minute she walked in the door. I told you, I warned you, you wouldn't listen to me. You treated her with kindness, but why? Oh, you're, okay, whatever. She's trouble, though. You know now. You know now, don't you? You know she's trouble now. You know I'm telling you the truth now. Yeah, that's what I thought. So how are your finances doing? Really? You have more month than you do money? I told you before, if I were you, I'd stop giving to the church. I mean, it's your decision, but I would, I would stop giving to the church if I were you. I'd get all my finances, finances in together, and then, and then, you know, maybe we could talk. And the whole time, sorry, I still had carrot in my mouth. The whole time, hey, I'm good for a laugh, if nothing else. The whole time Satan is talking to you, you get to decide who you're listening to. You get to decide. Because Satan is on one side of the table, God is on the other side of the table, and you are standing in the middle. So who's at your table? Who's the one that you're listening to? You say, I don't, I don't know. How do I know? How do I know if Satan's sitting at my table? Oh, believe me, there's a way you'll know. There's actually five things that God brought up in me as I was listening to this other person uh, that gave a sermon. And these were the five things. Number one, are you ready? If you hear this, Satan's talking to you. You're not good enough. 
I mean, come on, you're really not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not young enough. You're just not enough. Satan is talking to you. If you hear that at the table of the almighty God, Satan is talking to you. Or how about this one? Everybody hates you. Everybody hates you. Now, let me tell you what our tendency is. Our tendency is when we get in struggles with life, we want to hit the eject button. We want to say, you know what? I want out of here. I don't, I don't want to be in this place anymore. But remember that God sets you in the presence of your enemies. There is no eject button in life. You don't get to escape. Do you know that the Apostle Paul, when he prayed for others, he never prayed. When he prayed for others, with himself he did. But he never prayed that God would get them out of the situation. He prayed that God would give them what they needed in the midst of the situation. Because there is no eject button. We need to understand that we get to decide who sits at the table. And the thing about Satan is when he comes in, he doesn't say, you see this olive? It has a pit. I'm going to take this olive and I'm going to shove it down your throat until you choke. He doesn't say that. He says things that will damage what we think about ourselves. And what the truth is, is that if you are talked to long enough, he has done his job because he no longer even has to tell you anymore. You'll tell it to yourself. You'll be doing his work just by saying, you know what, and I'm guilty, so please hear me, I'm guilty. Kim, you're too old. You're too old to do what you do. You're right, I'm too old. Before long, Satan doesn't even have to speak the lie anymore because I've got it so ingrained, I've agreed with him so many times that now I'll say it to myself. Instead of telling him, shut up. Shut up. And if that offends some of you, I'm sorry. But here's another thing I'd like to tell him. You know what? I know where you're going. It's to hell. You can go right now. You can go right now. And so you and I have to come to understand that we have an enemy. Restoration for your souls does not come with the invitation. Restoration for your souls comes when you accept the invitation and you sit at the table with the Almighty. That's when restoration comes. And so we do have an enemy. He does come calmly, sits down, doesn't even ask, and begins eating everything that God has prepared for you. Are you going to let him? Are you going to let him? And so you need to know that another thing that he will say to you is that not only are you not good enough, but you are better off at another table. Remember that husband? You know what? If I were you, I'd leave him. You know, there's that cute guy at work. 
he really liked you. If I were you, I would, I would leave this table. If I were you, I would leave the table of ministry. You're not really cut out for it. You're too old. You're a woman. You're too fat. I, I'm speaking my own truths. You think it doesn't happen to me? Every Sunday morning, I hear the same thing. And every Sunday morning, I have to do the same thing. Get away from my table. Get away from my table. Because God has given me the authority at this place for my life, who I listen to. He's sitting over here and he's saying, I prepared it. I paid for it. I got it to the table. Why are you listening to this yahoo over here? That's an okie word, I think. Sorry. What? Why? Why are you listening to him? Another thing that he will tell you is you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Your church will never grow bigger than what it is right now. I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. Your marriage will never be better than what it is right now. I'm sorry, it's not going to make it. Your finances right now, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to make it. Satan will say over and over and over again, you're not going to make it. And if you hear that tonight, you need to know Satan is sitting at your table and he's speaking lies to you. Don't buy him. Don't buy him. Can you imagine if we sat down at a table that's been prepared for us after we had been lied to and we looked and we asked our shepherd, um, are we going to make it? And his reply to us was, well, I don't know. Would you have confidence in that kind of shepherd? So hear me tonight. You're going to make it. Not only are you going to make it, but you're going to thrive. And the minute you start thriving, the devil's going to start talking, and you need to tell him, shut up. I hope the kids can't hear me. They're not allowed to say that in my house. But there are times when it is appropriate. There are times, and the voice of Satan may come through somebody who doesn't even realize that they're, they're intending on being the voice of Satan. Let me tell you a small story. I love my mother. First of all, I have to start with that. My, I, I think I've told you this last time. My grandmother told me I hated baloney. I hated baloney. We were poor white folk, and my grandmother served baloney more times than I can count. And one time she noticed I wasn't eating my sandwich, and she said, Kim, you know what the best part about eating bologna is? And I said, no, what's that? And she said, it's because it's between two pieces of white bread. She knew I loved white bread. So this is a bologna sandwich for you. I love my mother. I was going to go to Thailand on a mission trip. 
And the voice of Satan came because my mother was fearful. And she said to me, Kim, I don't think you should go. You have a bad leg. I, I have a bad leg. I have a good leg. I have a bad leg. A bad, bad, bad. But I have a bad leg. She said, I don't think you should go. You have that bad leg, and you have asthma, and you are heavier than what you need to be, and it's hot there, and there's all kinds of chaos going on, and I, I don't think you should, you should go. I almost bought it because it was my mom. And I said, no, Mama, I can't listen to that right now. Because everything you're telling me is actually true. But I also know that my God is able to overcome what you're telling me. And so, yes, I am going to make it. Yes, I am going to Thailand. Yes, I will participate. We were in the jungles of Myanmar. And God said to me, because you chose to listen to me, I am going to bless you. And he did in the most wonderful way. It came through a language I didn't even understand. It was probably 60 children speaking or singing in their own language. And it was absolutely beautiful. I could feel the Holy Spirit descend on that place. Because I chose who to listen to at the table. Another thing, if you hear this, you're surrounded and there's no way out. You're surrounded and there's no way out. Your enemies are all right here, and I've set a table right in the midst. God set a table right in the midst, and Satan says, you know what? You're surrounded and there's no way out. There is always a way out with God. But it takes you acting in faith and listening to his voice. And so there's always a way out. And the last thing is this, everybody is against me. Nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I think I'll eat some worms. Have you ever heard that song? You know people like that? Like it doesn't matter how many times you try to encourage them, they still have this idea that everybody hates them. That's Satan talking. If everybody did hate you, but God loved you, wouldn't you still be better off? Well, let me hit tell you something today. God loves you. God loves you. And you've got to understand, to really understand his love, you've got to start coming to the table. No agenda. Not with your to-go box. Not with your camera so you can post it. You have to protect your table against Satan. That when he shows up and he starts blabbing his mouth, you can tell him to shut it. Because God doesn't want you listening to Satan. He wants you listening to him and only him. And you have authority at your table. You have the authority to tell him to hush. I recently went through a difficult season. And uh, this season for pastors is difficult because we're trying to pick back up where we left off. But for me, I lost a lot of my congregation 
they have they've had a hard time or they're not that I've lost them, but they're having a hard time transitioning back to weekly attendance on Sunday morning. One of the families that I kept praying for and I kept believing for and I thought that they would show up maybe sooner or later ended up leaving our church. Here's the hard part. It was a relative of mine. They called and they said, you know, can we talk? And they came over and they said, uh, we're not going to be back. We're, we're going to look for a new church. And so my first instinct was, okay, how do I talk them back into this? How do I, how do I pull them back into where I want them to be? How, how do I convince them that they need to be here? I said, well, you know, this is a new church. We're only six years old, and last year doesn't count because of COVID. They weren't buying it. God had told me six months before that that's what was going to happen, and this is what he said to me. I need you to keep your mouth shut, and all you're to say to them is this. You are free to go. I'm a mouthy woman. That is very, very difficult for me. So when they came and they told me they were going to find a new church, the first thing I wanted to do was try to convince them. And God reminded me, and he said, remember I told you back at the table? Remember what I told you to do? Remember what I told you to say? Yes. And the whole time Satan is saying, you don't really want to say that. I mean, come on. Use scripture. You got it in your favor. Oldest lie in the book. And I just looked at him, and I said, you're free to go. You're free to go. After that conversation, all those things that I told you about, everybody hates me, that I'm not going to get out of this, that, see, you're just too old, all those things were brought up in me. So I understand the struggle. But here's what I want you to know. Your God that you believe in, that shepherd that set a table before you, that has prepared what you eat and what you need to drink, that shepherd, if you will let him, will fight on your behalf. He will fight on your behalf. So once again, I have a question for you. Who's sitting at your table? Who are you listening to? Who's been telling you things that you know are lies? I want to pray for you before I go. If you're here today and, and you have heard the voice of Satan at your table, he's told you that you're not good enough or you're never going to get out of this or that everybody hates you or whatever it is, I'm just going to ask you to stand if you'll do that. And I want to pray for you. Um, as we do, as we, as we leave, as I leave here. Father God, I thank you for the word that you have prepared in me. Lord, I know that there are some here today that have heard the word of Satan spoken in their, in their hearts and in their minds, but Lord, it's a lie. It's a lie. And so would you look over this congregation right now, Lord God, 
And would you remind them of who you are, that you are the ancient of days, that you are God Almighty, that you are their creator, and that you have prepared a table for them. All they need to do is show up. To show up, Lord God, and partake of what you've prepared for them. And when Satan comes in and he tries to convince them, Lord, right now, in the midst of their struggle, whatever lie they've been told, give them the truth. Give them the truth, Lord God, that they might know that they are good enough. It's the whole reason why you prepared the table for them. That you're going to get them out of whatever trouble that they're in, that there's no better table than what they're at right now, Lord God. Father, would you remind them of who their good shepherd is? And when they tell the enemy to shut up, Lord, would you take that club and would you swing it? Would you swing it that you might take the enemy out of their life in the midst of the lie? I thank you, Father, for those who are here who stood up. I know there are others, Lord, who are struggling also. And I know you're doing a work. I don't have to see it, Lord. But I know you're doing a work. And so if you're here this morning or this evening and you are one of those people, but you just couldn't quite get the gumption or you couldn't quite get what it was that you know you've been lied to but you're not sure what the lie is I just want to tell you that God is on your side God is on your side will you come will you eat will you drink because he has prepared a table for you we give it all to you Lord thank you for your provision for your protection and for your leading do whatever is necessary, Lord, for your glory and our good. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes.